Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. What's going on, guys? It is Jill here. Welcome to another episode of the Best Life Podcast. And this is going to be a solo today. Um, Danny J and I are obviously in quarantine. We are working in separate spaces. And we have done one episode together over Zoom. And we've never done that before. Uh, And it seemed to go okay. So we might be doing more of those. But I wanted to get on and talk about something that I have been talking about a lot with my business clients, with my uh, kind of personal branding online business clients who are trying to build their audience, who are trying to serve their communities, especially now because of the coronavirus and what we can do to service our audience and build our business and really kind of survive what I think we're going to be heading into, obviously, a recession um, and even thrive throughout the recession. So that's kind of what I want to talk about today is the four things, the four strategies, the four tools, the, the four mindsets that I think are really key for not only surviving this time, but also thriving in your business. So if you are not an online personal brand, if you are not someone who you know is running a business or has a side hustle, this probably won't be as effective for you or as uh, maybe relevant for you. But I wanted to make sure... Um, that if you are someone who, because obviously Dan and I work with a lot of new entrepreneurs, a lot of kind of health coaches, personal trainers, some people who are especially now in the service industry now uh, lost their income overnight and really want to start doing something online. So whether you've been doing this for months, for years, or you've never done this before and you're trying to build your online platform, we're not going to get into kind of like the basics of online business. We've actually done an episode on that. So if you are new to internet business, I encourage you to go back and listen to our episode on what we would consider on how to start and grow an online business. If If you have an area of expertise, like you're a personal trainer, you're a health coach, you're a nutrition consultant, you are, I don't know, a physician, a nurse, a, a, a physical therapist, a body movement practitioner, anything like that, and you want to use the internet to build your brand, to build uh, your audience, and to eventually sell products and services on the internet, make sure you go back and listen to our kind of like get started guide. What I want to talk about today is the economy and the space that we're in right now and what we can be doing and what it's going to be critical that we do as entrepreneurs, as solopreneurs, as internet business owners, as you know, online coaches, what is going to be extremely important that we do? The four keys to not only surviving, but thriving during this period and way beyond. So really just want to kind of uh, give you guys my two cents on kind of the economic stuff. Obviously, I'm not an expert in infectious disease. Danny is not either. So we're not going to talk about kind of the implications on the healthcare system and things like that. What I do know is that we do have a extremely leveraged society, which means everything depends on everything else. So maybe you've been kind of reading up on this, like I have, maybe you've been listening to experts, maybe you've been following people on social media, and you're kind of seeing that there's a huge trickle-down effect. So for example, if you are someone who's in the service industry and you lost your income overnight, uh, maybe you were able to get a stimulus check, maybe you were able to file for unemployment, there are some kind of like Band-Aid things that we can be doing 
But at the end of the day, you may or may not be able to pay, for example, your rent, especially here in Los Angeles. Rents tend to be extremely uh, expensive. A lot of people are living month to month, and it's not the time to judge yourself for that and not having something. But at the end of the day, you may not be able to pay your rent or someone might not be able to pay their rent, which means that the landlord is then not getting the money that they need to be able to pay on the mortgage. And if they can't pay on the mortgage, then they, uh, you know, then they might have to eventually foreclose on that home if they don't have the funds to pay. So there's a huge trickle down effect. And of course, that affects the banks, that affects, you know, bigger corporations. So there's a lot of kind of leveraged pieces in our society that we have to think about. But at the end of the day, what can we do? I'm not a huge fan of sitting around and feeling as though the world is happening to me. Look, the economy is getting ready to hit, you know, recession is ready to have a downturn. Um, obviously, the stocks have taken huge hits. But here's how I reframe it for myself and for my clients. Number one, a good economy is amazing because it's abundant, people are buying stuff, people are selling things, the barrier to entry is extremely low. So for example, in a good economy where like things are just popping off, everyone's buying, everyone's selling, it's a great economy, people are getting better, we're all selling, et cetera, but it's again, a low barrier to entry, anyone can do well. Because it's a good economy, anyone can kind of do well. What I think about when we're heading into a recession or we're heading into a quote unquote bad economy is okay, now, we have to get a little bit more innovative, don't we? If we have not set aside funds, it's going to force people to innovate. It's going to force us to get better as service providers, to get better as personal brands, to get better even as thinkers and communicators. And so I want, to me, I do see this, even though there's so much urgency and so much scarcity and so much anxiety and fear uh, and uncertainty around what we're, what we're dealing with right now, um, I don't want to sugarcoat it because I don't want to belittle real problems, but I also feel as though I need to, almost as like an anchor to myself even, I need to try and see this as an opportunity. Just like I would use something like gratitude or self-compassion in a moment that sucks. Like I do need these mindset tools. So for me, I try to find the opportunities so for example, like I don't know that we're learning anything from the virus, right? Maybe the medical system will, the healthcare system, et cetera, the government maybe. But I don't know that like there's a lesson here quite yet, but I do see this as an opportunity. I do think that there are options for us to innovate. I feel like it is where the rubber meets the road. We're going to see the businesses, the personal brands, the people, the creators, the coaches who get through this, not only do they survive, but they thrive, they're going to really need to get innovative. And so I kind of like that. I like it. I'm like, let's go. I like that that the people who are doing the things are the ones who are going to be successful. And and here's like a little bit, and this I don't know how Danny feels about this, and I know this may be a little bit controversial to say, but I think success is like earned. I don't think that everyone deserves success. I really don't. I mean, I think everyone has the capability to be successful, whatever you want to define success as. But at the end of the day, like there are things, there are stratifications that happen as a result of your effort, as a result of your attitude, as your, a result of your willingness. And I know that not everyone starts in the same place. I know that some people, you know, not everyone starts the race, the race of life in the same place. So I don't want to belittle that, the fact that people do have real challenges that they weren't, that weren't uh, a part of their you know, they couldn't like mindset their way out of. They couldn't strategic their way out of people, certain people start ahead in life. And I get that. I want to kind of, I definitely want to acknowledge that. But 
I always come back to what can we do now? What can we do here? What can we do to change or improve our situation right now? Because that's all we have. We can't change the past. We can't predict the future. All we have is what's in front of us. And I kind of like that. That gives me permission to not stress about how I didn't save and what I didn't do. And I didn't, you know, I didn't get a degree or whatever. Like we can sit here and we can really feel a lot of shame and guilt over not setting ourselves up ideally for a situation like this. I don't think that helps anyone. I don't think, I think that's a huge waste of time. We didn't do it. It's like regret, right? So we're going to sit around and regret that we didn't have a bunch of savings. Okay. We didn't. What are we going to do? Moving forward, we might do something different. We can't predict the future. I don't know what my business is going to look like a year from now. I don't know what the best life is going to look like a year from now. I don't know what my client's businesses are going to look like a year from now, but I do know that what they look like a year from now is going to depend on what they choose to do today, what I choose to do today, what you choose today. So I like that. It makes me feel empowered. And that's the place that I'm mostly operating from. So I want to give you guys four tips, four tools. The first is choosing to be a leader. Here's the thing. If you have an online personal brand, if you have an Instagram or a Facebook or something that you are using for business to get your message out, if you're a content creator, if you're sharing stories, if you're sharing solutions, you are a leader whether or not you want to be. People are looking to you for insight. They're looking to you for a lesson. They're looking to you for some sort of positive turnaround. They're looking to you for a tip or a tool or a strategy or something to help. Whether I don't care if it's five people or 500 or 500,000, you have eyes on you. So I don't take that very lightly. You know, the first week this kind of all happened, I had a lot of clients who were coming to me and being like, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? And I'm like, and it was good for me because it really took me aback for a second because I was like, oh, yes, whether or not I want to be, I'm in a leadership position. I have to figure out and communicate how I see things. And it forced me into, and obviously, obviously I, I take it very seriously and I, I see uh, having an online business as a privilege. And so for me, at the end of the day, I was like, yeah, I am a leader. Whether or not I want to be, I chose this. To me, having an online business, having a, uh, an audience, having a platform is a privilege. So for me, while it can be scary when people are asking me, what do you think? What do you think? And I'm like, ah, don't look at me. Bye. Like, it's hard. I'm also like, yeah, fuck yeah. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm a leader. I can choose to step into that role if I want to. And then I ask myself, okay, what does a leader do? What does a leader choose how do they choose to show up, right? So I can have all the intellectual understanding of like, yes, I'm going to be level-headed and yes, I'm going to uh, you know, be grounded and be balanced and I can have the intellectual understanding, but at the end of the day, what do I choose? How do I choose to show up for those clients? And so I choose, it's an active choice, I choose leadership. I choose action even when I'm scared, even when I'm uncertain. I choose to act in abundance, not just be like, yeah, yeah, be abundant, not just say that, but actually do the things that someone who truly feels in abundance, even when there's a bunch of scarcity around, what I choose to do, how I choose to act, the actions I take, the behaviors that I choose, when the rubber meets the road, do I choose to be in abundance? I'll give you guys an example. I had a client who um, you know, lost some of her clients as a result of what's going on. And she messaged me and she, you know, left me a voice message and she was crying. And she's like, we have no, like, no money to pay my bills this month and this and that. And so I allowed for her to skip a payment. Like, and 
to skip a payment or, you know, to discontinue or whatever she needs to do. So I think, and even though I'm like, cool, that's money coming out of my pocket. Like, remember you signed a contract, like that's money coming out of my pocket, but I choose to be in abundance because I want to help. So what are some ways that we can act in abundance, even when we might have to fake it a little bit at the beginning? Number one, keep investing. So it doesn't need to be hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars, but we talked about this on the last episode that even a small either time investment, energy investment, effort investment, and monetary investment gives its signals to your higher self that you are trying to build an asset. So for example, if you spend $15 on a business book, to me, you are putting some change in the piggy bank. You are building up your brain. You're investing in your brain. At the end of quarantine, that's going to be an asset for you. I'm listening to books on tape constantly. I'm listening to business podcasts constantly. And I was doing some of that stuff before, but now I'm going on some longer leisure walks to get out of the house and I'm like just doing it more. And I feel like I am bolstering and I feel like I'm nurturing my brain. And I know that I'm going to have the information that I'm learning long after the quarantine is over. So keep investing. It's a signal to your higher self that you do believe that you're going to survive and also thrive. Don't just cancel everything. Sure. Cancel things that maybe you're not using. Like I know for me, I went through and like canceled a couple of subscriptions that I wasn't using, like little stuff like Spotify or Amazon Prime, like whatever it is. But if you are using them, don't just cut off everybody. Because remember, like you still need to, you still need to build the asset that is your brain, that is your business, whatever that looks like. Keep investing in yourself. Another way to stay in abundance is unfollowing accounts online that make you feel in scarcity. So I don't know about you, but I've been seeing a lot of things in my feed lately that are fear inducing. And it's not that I don't want to be, you know, know what's going on. And for me, I can look at the numbers and have a real sense of the gravity of what's happening without having to uh, catastrophize and make it like this thing where it's like, oh my God, it's all bad. Everything's bad. Like, sure, have your moments. And I've certainly broken down and had mine. But I think at the end of the day, if there are accounts that are um, sensationalized accounts, or if there's a constant kind of um, alarmist accounts, you need to unfollow those people, at least for now. You can unfollow them, you can follow them again later, but you need to unfollow those accounts that are making you feel more in scarcity. Next one is giving more for free. So like I said, I allowed some of my clients to skip payments, um, giving grace periods for certain clients, giving some clients, some current clients, some leeway, working with them, using something like compassionate pricing or a financing option that maybe wasn't available before, uh, giving more for free and even just giving to charity. So it's a way that when you are feeling in scarcity, and I know it sounds counterintuitive, but it's a way for you to get out of scarcity and feel in abundance. Go give your time at a soup kitchen. Go give money to a charity. You know, maybe if you launch something, give 10% of the profits to a cause. It is a, a way for you to reiterate to yourself that money flows, that you don't have to hoard and you don't have to hold on to it because money uh, flows. It likes to flow. So we're investing, we're giving, we're also putting forth offers. So there's kind of a couple schools of thought at this point. People are like, don't sell, or, you know, I can't believe you're selling right now. It's so insensitive. And at the end of the day, like, look, if you're in the position that I'm in, like you have a business to run and you have to do whatever you possibly can to stay in business and bolster the security of that business. So while I'm giving to charity and while I'm allowing my clients leeway and while I'm using compassion and pricing and while I'm investing in myself, 
I'm also not scared to sell. I need to sell. People are still buying. Not everyone is broke. So it is important that we put forth an offer again as a signal to our higher self that we're worth it. Look, we can't not sell. This is important. So go ahead and do that as well. Last piece is try new things. This is one of my favorite things, especially to be in abundance. Having a like nothing to lose attitude is a great opportunity right now because so much is up in the air. So uncertainty to me is a great source of opportunity. So it's like, cool, what can I try now that maybe I haven't been trying before? Which brings me to number two, my second tip, which is we have got to be resourceful. So um, Danny and I talked about this recently. You know, she kind of, uh, she's doing Find the Money Project right now. And I had her on my, uh, I have like a group that I meet with every Tuesday with a bunch of my business clients. And she came on and she started talking about her money mastery course. And one thing she said was, if you don't have resources, you everyone has the an opportunity to be resourceful. And this I love because I'm like, cool, now's the time. Like we got to try stuff. If you've been scared to get on video because you don't feel like you look your best, sorry, it's not the time to be insecure. Like we got people to serve. We have shit to do. So at the end of the day, you might have to get on film and show your at-home workouts, even though you're scared because you feel like you don't look your best. You're going to have to get on Instagram uh, stories or Instagram TV and talk into the camera, even when you're scared. Maybe you've never done public speaking before. It's time to rip the Band-Aid off because this, at this point, it is not about you. We have people to serve, people need help, and you have uh, intellectual offerings. You have things that can really help people. You have solutions. You have stories that people need access to. This is not about you. And resourcefulness to me is your willingness to do what others will not do. So using new platforms. Again, if you have not done video, now's the time. If you're scared to show your body on on a video, like, sorry, now's the time. Practice 1% 1% actions, like the, the 1% actions are the things that most people will not do because they're scary, because they, uh, you know, make you feel like insecure. Um, this is the time to get over yourself and it's the time to start to get over your insecurities because it's not about you. We have got to go to work. So to me, I love the idea of being as resourceful as possible. New platforms, be willing to do the, the things that people will not do because so many people won't do them because they're scared or they're uncertain or they feel anxious or they feel insecure. Now is the time to double down, even if you're not fully secure, right? So instead of, well, I don't want to show my body on camera because I don't look my best. It's like, you're obligated to show your body on camera because you got fucking people to serve. And that's how I see it. So now is the time to get resourceful. I think that's extremely important. That's number two. Number three is having real mastery over what is your teaching. Whatever you are teaching, you have to have real mastery because not every creator, not every influencer, not every person who owns an online personal brand will survive this upcoming recession. They just won't. And so I hate to use the like, only the best will survive or only the most fit will survive. But at the end of the day, remember I said about a good economy? Good economy is great, but low barrier to entry. You can skate along. Everyone's buying. It doesn't take, it's not that hard. In a tough economy, it is extremely important that you have mastery over the material that you are teaching because 
it's going to require innovation. So for example, if you don't have real mastery over something that you're teaching, like maybe you have a cursory knowledge of nutrition, maybe you have a superficial knowledge of physiology, maybe you're trying to teach hormones and up until now, you've been able to get away with just regurgitating uh, other experts that you've learned from or other blogs that you've read. Now, what's going to, what this is going to require, because here's the thing is you're going to become, you have to, you have to become a thought leader. You have to become a thought leader. And when someone is a thought leader, they're the ones who are charging the way. They're the ones who are thinking outside the box. They're the ones who are, you know, creating lateral thinking. They're creating new innovative ways to think about it. They're creating systems, acronyms, frameworks, blueprints. They're out in front putting the information together that others are now learning. And so if you're someone who just has a cursory knowledge of stuff and you've been able to quote skate by, at this point, you have to double down on your knowledge base because it's going to require lateral thinking. And guess what? No one can teach you that. You have to learn how to be a better thinker so that you can then be a better communicator. What I mean is like you can tell someone who just regurgitates stuff, maybe they went through a weekend certification and they just kind of regurgitate what they learned. And that's fine to the average person. But when the average people are not buying and investing like they used to, it's going to require a deeper level of understanding so you can pivot and shift and innovate your messaging where needed. And if you don't have a real master over the material, you're not going to be able to do that. So I like people like Brenda Bouchard, uh, James Wedmore, Amy Porterfield, some of these people who, uh, Marie Forleo, who were out in front in their uh, industry, in their space, and they're willing to get innovative because they have such a deep understanding of internet business and they've been doing it for a decade or more. And so it's time, but it's also depth. So how deep are you willing to go in your area of expertise? Now would be the time to, if you are regurgitating someone else's hormonal information, why don't you start reading articles at this point? Why don't you start reading actual research papers? Like that could be a way for you to start learning a deeper understanding. Why don't you take more certifications? Why don't you um, go to the person who is teaching the thing that you want to learn more about and ask them, hey, can I, can I pay you for your um, time? Can we do one-on-one -on -one coaching that you can teach me this stuff so I have a deeper understanding? Because the deeper understanding will allow for you to think laterally and innovate where necessary. And guess what? It's going to be extremely necessary in these coming months. And lastly, number four, and we've talked about this a little bit or quite, actually quite a bit on this podcast, which is, and this is the final one, is being able to get clinical and objective with what's working. So as a business owner, as a solopreneur, as an online personal brand, someone who's out in front, people see your face, they hear your words, they read your stories, they implement your solutions. This is our baby, isn't it? It's like, ah, we, we work so hard for this thing that when things don't go well, we take it so personally. We're like, ah, like, oh my God, I'm, I must not be able, willing, I must not be good at this or people don't like me. We take like a lack of sales or a lack of signups as an indication that we're not good. And that's just not the case often. Oftentimes it's a marketing issue. It's a sales issue. It's a timing issue. It's a practice issue. You haven't been in the game for long enough yet. You're not good at being a good marketing communicator yet. You don't have the reps yet, but we take it so personally. And as soon as you attach a ton of emotion to any of the things that are happening in your business, you're going to tap out. As soon as it becomes this huge emotional roller coaster, 
and you're taking it really personally, it's going to cloud your vision so that you won't actually get clinical and get productive. So for me, I always say get clinical and then get busy. Because if I just look at it like, cool, this worked, this didn't work, this is working, this didn't work, and I don't take it so personally, I'm going to stay productive. I'm going to hold the line. I'm going to keep taking action because I'm like, cool, it's not about me. It's a marketing issue. It's a sales issue. I'm not good at this yet. I'm learning a new skill. I'm not supposed to be good at this yet. Right? So I try to reframe it instead of I'm bad. People hate me. I shouldn't be doing this. Why I'm not good enough. Instead of going down that and catastrophizing 10 steps down the road, I go, you know what? Okay, what's actually happening right now? Cool, I didn't get as many signups. What went wrong? What could I have done better? And guess what? You can always do something better. I don't care how long you've been in the game. You can always pivot. You can always do something better, even if you've been in it for a long time. So to me, I love that. I'm like, cool, let's get better. Like, why does that have to be so emotionally charged? So ask what is working ask what is not working, stay flexible. I know that you worked your ass off for that launch. I know you worked your ass off to create that program. It didn't work. Go back to the drawing board. It's okay. You have time. You have time. So you have to stay flexible. You can't get too attached to one way of doing things. And if you stay flexible and you're willing to get clinical and not make it, again, not make it about you, you're going to be much more likely to stay the course and be productive and eventually be successful. If you ask super successful people like, you know, you ask like Bill Gates or like Richard Branson or any of these people who have been super successful, they will tell you they've had many failures and they probably haven't taken them that personally because they're, they have a goal that's much bigger than their ego. They don't, they don't care about a bruised ego, right? They're like, okay, cool. What's next? How do we do this better? How do we do this better? Because it's in service. It's in service to the greater good. It's not about them. It's not about their bad. They they stayed the course no matter what. So I just want to reiterate to you guys the four main principles we talked about. Again, a good economy is amazing. It's abundant. People are buying, but it's also, as a seller, it's a very low barrier to entry. Anyone can make money in a good economy. It really doesn't take all that much innovation. It doesn't take all that much uh, you know, uh, expertise even. <laughs> you can regurgitate what other people are saying and have a kind of cursory knowledge of something and still do well. So when we're entering into a poor economy or a recession, it really is going to, we're going to be able to see who exactly has been doing the work and who is willing to do the work to innovate and to stay relevant and to shift and to change and to stay flexible. So the four things, number one is uh, leadership. Whether or not you want to, you are a leader. So assuming that role and what leaders do is they stay grounded. They stay level-headed. They don't catastrophize. They take massive action even when they are uncertain or unsure. They act in abundance even when there's a ton of scarcity around. They stay the course. They stay patient. They do the thing. They're, they're steadfast. People can look to them and they see, wow, this person is competent. This person is taking action. I've had so many people reach out to me in the last like two or three weeks and say, thank you for your consistency. Thank you for how you keep showing up. Thank you for being here. I know I can always rely on you. And that's key. Cool. The messaging might change based on what's happening. But at the end of the day, I'm like, this is my fucking job. Like I don't have the option to, I don't choose the option to not, to not work, to disengage sorry, but we got, this is a lot bigger than me. Sure. I want to make money and I want to have money in my bank account, but at the end of the day, like I have a responsibility and that's how I see it. So number one is assuming the role of leadership. And then I gave you guys and outlined a bunch of ways that you can start continuing to cultivate abundance, even when you maybe feel in scarcity. Number two is resourcefulness. Willingness to be resourceful 
getting out of your head and making it about how you can serve. So that means ripping off the Band-Aid, starting to work through your insecurities because you're going to have to get innovative. You're going to have to invest and do things where others won't do them. The 1% actions that so many people are unwilling to do. You know, you look at these people who are super successful like Gary Vee or, um, I don't know, again, like Marie Forleo, they're not scared to get on video right? They're just like, cool. But I guarantee you, they didn't start off being good on video, right? They didn't start being, they didn't like just come out of the womb being uh, public speakers. They also had to learn. So I know you're scared, but now's the time. If it's not now, when? When is the when is a better time to practice some of these things that you're maybe not good at? And so I want to kind of go hard on this because I think it's extremely important because not a lot of people are willing to do these things. And I think that if you're here and you're willing to, now's the time to get creative and to be resourceful. Number three, have or cultivate real mastery over the material that you are teaching if you are an expert and you have an expert, um, if you have like an expertise that you are trying to teach, you're trying to get across, trying to help you with, you're trying to charge for, you can't have a cursory knowledge. You can't have a superficial knowledge. Don't just repeat what you read on a blog. Go to the source, read research papers, get certified, go to the person doing it the best and ask if you can mentor with them. Any way to start getting better because you're going to have to have real mastery so you can uh, innovate so you can think laterally, so you can switch and change and come up with systems and frameworks. If Again, if you don't have that real mastery, you're always going to be waiting for someone who has more mastery to do something. So you can copy it, right? So this is the opposite of being a copycat. This is about you assuming the role of expert and really having a deep understanding. And number four and lastly is getting clinical and getting objective with what's working and what's not. Staying flexible, not being too attached, not detaching emotionally from what's going on. And I know that's scary because I know that if you feel discouraged, maybe you spent a lot of time doing something and you put it out in the world and you didn't get, quote, the result that you thought you should, it can be discouraging. And discouragement and feelings of defeat is not benign right? They're not benign. It's like, oh, like it, it wears you down. If you've ever been someone who has, you know, done a bunch of diets that in the end never worked, we know what it feels like to feel discouraged. It's like, oh, it's never going to work. I'm so bad. Like it, and so it's hard to keep going when you have a graveyard of things that have been disappointments. I get that, but you need to get some wins. And the only way that you can get wins it's if you start detaching emotionally and getting clinical, getting objective, what's working, what's not working and then staying flexible and be being willing to and i always think about people who are super successful like oprah or whatever, whoever like they they've had so many more failures than i've had and that's why they're successful and so i look at it that way get clinical get objective and just go at the end of the day what's working what's not okay you guys that are my four things i hope that that is helpful to you i know that this is a little bit of a niched episode because it's just for content creators online influencers personal brands etc but I think that we have a good amount of those people in this audience, and I would love your feedback on this. Those are my four tips. That's what I'm teaching in my, in my courses right now. That's what I'm teaching to my new entrepreneurs, and I hope it's helpful. If you guys have any additional questions, let me know, but I hope that you feel fired up. I hope you feel empowered, and I hope you feel like you have resources. So uh, we'd love to hear. What you guys think of the episode, go to thebestlifepodcast.com, which is our closed Facebook group, and we can continue the conversation in there. All right, guys, that is all I have for you. I'll see you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega 
megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.